When you look at these canticles in Luke that we've been examining the last few weeks, it is interesting to see how the different canticles are used throughout church history, yes, and especially how they're used today in our liturgical settings. For instance, last week we talked about the Gloria and Excelsis and how we sing that during the divine service on Sunday morning and how the pastor starts out like the one angel who comes out and announces glory be to God on high. And then the multitude of angels and the multitude of the congregation joins together for the rest of the psalm. The Nook which we are looking at today, the song that Simeon sings when he holds that Christ child, you know likely where it is used every week in the Sunday service, and that's right after communion. Right after you receive the body of Christ, just like Simeon received the body of Christ, we sing this song together. However, most notably to me, is not its use in the divine service, but is in its use in the what we call commendation of the dying. In my little black pastor book I carry around, the pastoral care companion, there's a rite in the book called the commendation of the dying. Sometimes people call it last rites. It's not exactly what the Catholics do, but the idea is kind of the same that I visit someone who is dying as their pastor, and I read to them scripture, I preach to them, I pray with them, I absolve their sins, and I sing to them, and I prepare them for their entrance into their heavenly home. It is, despite how seemingly depressing it sounds, one of the most joyous times, really, in the Christian life. One of the hardest times, yes, but it is the time when someone is preparing to see their Lord in a way more glorious than we can imagine now. And the very last thing in that rite, that commendation of the dying, is the Song of Simeon. It's the Nook Demidist. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, according to To your will, the time for death has come. This is a song that happens in correlation with death. It is also often a funeral text. If you remember Ken's funeral, not that long ago, this was the gospel text that I preached on, and it was a joy to do so. It makes sense to think about this text, this song, in relation with death. When you look at the context, you know the story that happens. Mary and Joseph bring the baby Jesus to the temple to fulfill the law, the sacrifice of the two turtle doves. That's where it comes from in the song, by the way. This was the sacrifice for a newborn that the mother would be cleansed according to ritual law. And Simeon, who had been a righteous and devout man, Simeon, who had long awaited the consolation of Israel, Simeon was promised that he would not see death until he received the Lord's Christ. And on that day, he received him in his arms and he sang this song. And while the text does not explicitly say, I do not think it is 
beyond the realm of imagination, or if you just read in between the lines to imagine, that right after that, Simeon walked out onto the temple steps and died. He would not see death until he saw the Lord's Christ. He saw the Lord's Christ. And when he did, he said, I am now departing in peace. And I don't think he just meant leaving the temple. I think he knew his time had come. It is a text that is sung before, at, one's death. And so what does all this death have to do with Advent and now Christmas time as we're looking forward to this weekend? Well, the fact of the matter is that as much as Advent and Christmas is about the coming of new life and about new life and about new birth, especially the birth of Christ himself, it is and it has to be just as much about death. You know this when you think about it. There is an old Christmas tradition, not here because we're smart and we have an artificial tree that we can reuse every year, but there is an old Christmas tradition in some churches if they go out and get a real wood tree for their Christmas decorations, that they would, after Christmas was over and after that tree had died, they would take that wood from that tree and use it to make the rough-hewn cross that we use on Good Friday to nail our sins into. There is an inevitable connection between life and death, especially Christ's birth, Christ's life, and his death. Jesus was born to die. God sent his Son into this world to seek and to save the lost. And of course, that involved, as you know, as you think about this time of year, the beautiful nativity, where Christ would be wrapped in swaddling cloths, where he would be anointed by the wise men with frankincense and myrrh. But it also involved him growing up from that. It involved him ministering and teaching to the crowds and the disciples. It involved him going forward on a march from all of that ministering, setting his face toward Jerusalem, journeying to the cross, and dying. It involved him being wrapped in swaddling cloths once more, not this time for his birth to keep him warm from the cold, but for his death for burial. It involved him being anointed once more with frankincense and myrrh, but not this time as a gift from wise men, but as an anointing for death. And you too, like Jesus, are born to die. The wages of sin is death. And you have, all of you, all of us, fallen short of the glory of God. Not one of us has escaped, no one has ever escaped, this punishment for sin. Not one of us will escape this punishment for sin, no matter how much you try to postpone it, no matter how much you can hold it off with technology and medicine, no matter how much you try to put it in the back of your mind and not think about it. Death will come. From the second you took your first breath, 
It has just been a countdown since then. And I would remind you to think about that this Christmas, this Advent, again, as depressing as it may seem, but I probably don't even have to, because you know as well as anyone that the thing most people probably think most about around Christmas is not necessarily all the stockings and all the joy and all the candy, but it is about the people who are not there anymore. That's what's heaviest on most people's hearts, despite all the joy that is in the air. And that is because whenever there is life, whenever there is much life, because of sin, death is always knocking at the door. Simeon knew that. Simeon thought about his death. The Holy Spirit even had to tell him, you're not allowed to die yet. But he also knew something more. He knew that in this Christmas chapter of the Bible, Luke chapter 2, death was coming, yes, and yet he sang. He sang for joy and he sang for peace. He sang because he knew that even though Jesus was born to die, that this Jesus was also the salvation of the world. Jesus came and Simeon could see Jesus. He could see the Christ and he could see what the Christ was already doing. It is not just mere coincidence. It was not just to check something off the list, like the people who are running around at the stores right now trying to check all their things off the list. It is not arbitrary that Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple that day. It was not just some Christmas errand, but it was, as Luke points out, to fulfill the law. And he even attributes it not to Mary and Joseph, but to Jesus himself. In verse 27, he came in the spirit into the temple, and the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. And he took him up in his arms and blessed him. Jesus was the one who went into the temple. Jesus was the one who had to be blessed according to the custom of the law. And that is because Jesus came to fulfill the law, even as a little baby, even as a little baby who couldn't drive himself, or in this case, ride himself on a donkey or however they got there, he couldn't do it. And yet he came to do it. He came to fulfill the law. From that time forth and through the rest of his life, every single little law Jesus fulfilled. Every single little law, any sin that you've ever committed, any law that you've ever broken, any sin that you've ever fallen into from temptation, Jesus was tempted by and did not fall into it. Jesus did perfectly, thought perfectly, acted perfectly, spoke perfectly for you. He came to fulfill the law. In his birth, in his death, taking on your sin, he sacrificially atoned for you. He made the perfect 
sacrifice, the perfect Lamb of God, before his Father in heaven. And in so doing, when he took it all on for you, when he was born in your flesh, when he took on your sin, he gave you his perfect righteousness. In fact, he gave you himself. Just like he gave himself to Simeon to hold that day, he gave you himself, his salvation, his righteousness. Lord, now I have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of every people. And that's actually the hope of this Christmas, the hope of Advent and the coming of Christ and the hope of Christmas is the birth of this perfect law fulfiller. It is only in him, through his sacrificial atonement, that you can have true hope of life. Death is coming for us all. Death is knocking at the door. You can't pretend like death doesn't exist, not even on Christmas Eve or on Christmas morning when you're lighting the candles or opening the stockings. But the gospel is this, that Jesus has turned that certain death into a portal for eternal life. Jesus has turned what was inevitable into something that is beyond our imagination. And so when Simeon saw all of that, he picked up that child and he sang. Because when he held Jesus, he held life. When he had Jesus in his arms, he had the hope of Christmas, the hope of Advent, the hope of Epiphany, the hope of Lent, the hope of Good Friday, and the hope of Easter. For he had seen the Lord, and so he had seen all of salvation. He had seen the Lord, and so he had peace. He had seen the Lord, and so he had everything he needed to die. But to die, knowing that he would live. And so, dear saints, this Advent and this Christmas, and especially tonight, put Simeon's song in your mouth. For you too have received the Lord. You received him in the waters of baptism. You received him, his body, on your tongue. You received his blood on your lips. You have received his forgiveness in the absolution. So you too are like Simeon. You have held the Lord, you have seen the Lord, and you know the salvation that he has prepared for you, for all people. And so in the very midst of death, there is life. In a season that is about both life and death, life prevails in this Christ child. Yes, Christ was born to die, but now he lives He is risen from the dead, and so you will too. To him be all the honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Let us stand to sing with Simeon.